Well, hello and welcome to HBC's M5 podcast, where we talk about yesterday's message, the music, ministry, missions, and anything that's on your mind. And I'm your host, John Wilson, and I'm here as always with our audio engineer, Becca Smith, and our special guest, uh, Dr. Mike Dodson. Dr. Mike, say hello to the folks. Hey, good morning. And if you, uh, if you don't know already, uh, Dr. Mike uh, has recently joined us here at Hepsiba as our Director of Leadership Development and Church Partnership, which really just means that he's helping us focus on um, putting in place the things that we need to continue to develop you as our members and also our partnering churches through our Advanced Church Network. That's a, a network of other churches in our area that we partner with. Uh, to really be able to develop leaders for the future and to send them out uh, to advance uh, God's kingdom. So uh, you, you've been on the job now um, about like 45 days, Mike. Is that about uh, right now? Uh, well, let's see. Yeah. Yep, a, a little bit longer than that. Uh, but um, what's your... Uh, well, first off, why don't, why don't we give the, give the folks maybe a little bit of the, of the history that they might have missed? You know, obviously, as we brought Dr. Mike on, we... We brought uh, this new position before the church, and we talked about um, what it would entail, and we talked about um, you know who the person was that we had in mind. But a lot of folks might not know yet um, exactly who uh, Dr. Mike is. Um, if you were listening last week, you heard him uh, share his testimony. But in those years in between where we left off of your testimony and, uh, and today, you spent a long time working in uh, both church planning and a long time working for the North American Mission Board helping other uh, church planners. So maybe like let's let's take a minute first and let's just give the folks a little bit of backstory. Who is Dr. Mike and uh, and how is it that you came to be in this place? So um, what comes to mind is I grew up on a farm in Virginia, and um, which was a great way to grow up, um, mostly during the summer. Obviously, I started driving a tractor when I was seven. Um, and so if that, if that gives anybody, uh, gives, gives folks a picture of, so, um, grew up in a a Christian home, um, and going to Sunday school church, uh, every week. Um, and, um, you know, um, so that environment obviously created an opportunity for me to, um, get to know Christ and to grow in Christ. Um, in a good foundational way, um, I always tell people. I think looking back, obviously at the time, I didn't, I wouldn't have known it. I think uh, learned some good things about work ethic on the farm, and which I think con- contributes uh, to um, who I am and what I do, and um, how I go about things. Um, so those are formative times, and then I went to college at James Madison, involved in uh, collegiate ministry. Uh, there, and um, then uh, God called me uh, as a senior in college. I got a I got a bachelor of business administration and finance uh, from college, and figured I was going to be a. I had a great uncle who was a banker, and figured, hey, I might as well do some of that banking finance stuff. I like numbers, um, you know. Figured make some money, and God had different plans. Uh, so called me into ministry, but I also I also tell people um, that degree and the things some of the, a lot of the things that I learned um, actually contributed to ministry as well. It gave me a good framework to understand 
different dynamics and aspects of ministry because um, there's management, there's dealing with finances, there's you know all those things. Especially when you're when you get involved in church planting, which my journey involved a lot of. Um, you kind of have to know a little bit about a lot of yeah. things, <laughs> um, or at least a little bit. Um, more, more is better uh, to make wise choices and decisions in the midst of all that. So I think even that God used to prepare me for what he had in store. Uh, then I went to seminary in uh, New York at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary, the Northeast Branch. Um, Mid-America main campus is in Tennessee. And um, my graduating class from the Northeast Branch was three people. <laughs> and so it was easy to finish in the top three. Um, and uh, so, which I did. Um, no. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And then uh, that's where I met my wife, Kelly, and we started our journey together. And um, so finished in seminary, got involved in, uh, that was my first experience. I really wasn't looking for a church planting experience. But my first um, ministry experience there was with an associational missionary who was planting a church outside of Schenectady, New York, in a little place called uh, Dwaynesburg. And um, that really was my first exposure to church planting. And um, I was just looking for ministry experience. So, um, and that's, that's where probably God began to um, stir my heart toward church planting and my exposure to, my involvement in, and so um, a lot of what I've done over the years has involved um, church planting, and so now, uh, obviously, maybe to fast forward it, and then if you want to ask further questions, um, so two, maybe three years ago now, um, yeah, maybe a little over three years ago now, Kelly and I started uh, talking, praying, what what does God want for this next season of our lives? And um, that led to um, a lot of looking around and praying and talking, and God led us to Johnston County and uh, found about Shine Community Church and that process. So when we moved to Johnston County, uh, built a home, um, and we joined Shine Community Church, which obviously at that time I don't... I don't know that I knew it was planned out of Hepzibah, but um, that quickly and through some other connections quickly, um, obviously I knew Jason from seminary actually, uh, mm. Jason Brule, and uh, he had come into my office early on in my, my time at uh, Southeastern. That's another part of the story. Um, and so um, knew him and then quickly got to know Aaron, Pastor Aaron, and uh, we became... Um, I would say pretty good friends and pretty quickly. And um, so that's part of the story as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that uh, in trying to summarize this, I, I always do uh, seem to fail to mention, but yeah, you, you have a great relationship with, uh, with our church plant uh, shine. And in fact, um, you know, those of you guys that don't know, Dr. Mike is uh, a member uh, at shine still and kind of helping us as we think through, um, this, like, how, how, what does this look like to have folks that are employed with uh, you, but members at one of your church plants? And obviously that's a journey that we're also walking through with, uh, Leanne as she's, you know, still our rec director, but, uh, is faithfully serving over, 
uh, at Middlesex as a member there and leading their children's ministry. And so, uh, you know, and, and obviously now you, you serve as an elder at, uh, at shine, but that started with you just, uh, you know, the Lord leading you to Johnston County, which is a weird place for God to lead anybody. Uh, apologies if you're from Johnston County, but, uh, I lived on that side of the County for a little while. So I think I have a, a right to say that, but he had a plan. He led you to shine into these, uh, into these relationships that, um, that have formed from that and that have created, um, I think what otherwise wouldn't have existed is, is probably the, the way that I see it. I don't know if that's the way that you see it, but the way that I see it is that apart from God creating these relationships that we've been able to um, learn from each other and cultivate and, and grow together, I don't know that we would have been in a place to, to see um, an opportunity for us to, to work together when you uh, in the spring, uh, early retired from, uh, from Nam, or that, um, or that you would have been in a place. I don't know that either of us really would have been in a place to take, uh, to take this, this next, uh, step in our relationship. And yet God was already putting those things into place and already, uh, cultivating relationships that, that he had a plan for, um, for how he was going to use. So, you know, in the intervening, you know, three or so years that you were, uh, that you were in Johnston County and at Shine, you were still working for the, the, the North American mission board. So what, um, what was the kind of work that you were involved in as you, um, you know, the last, the last several years before, uh, before you early retired? Sure. Let me say one thing about, about what you just said and then go to that. Um, to me, you know, what you said about Johnston County and the relationships here and everything, it's, it never ceases to amaze me how God orchestrates things. Yeah. Um, if, if we let him. Mm. And I could not have anticipated all the things uh, that he has, um, the doors he's opened. And um, this relationship, what we're doing, what we're talking about doing, um, it's amazing to me. And it's it's amazing to think about, you know, Johnston County. It's the number one percentage growth county the last decade in North Carolina. It's the projected to be this decade. Wow. And so, uh, which means there's a there's a need even here for planting churches. Um, there's a need to revitalize churches. Um, and so, there's a lot uh, that I think God wants to uh, to do. So my, my role with the North American Mission Board, uh, when I first started, there was this thing called the Nehemiah Project, which was um, a initiative focused on developing church planters on the six seminary campuses of the Southern Baptist Convention. And so there were full-time roles on, on all of the campuses. Um, about two years in, uh, that the name of that role shifted to mobilization missionary. That might be a better way for people to understand um, what I did. So for nine years, I was on the Southeastern campus um, as a missionary of the North American Mission Board, uh, but staffed at Southeastern and the Center for Great Commission Studies to mobilize students to um, basically be exposed to and consider the possibilities of North American church planting. Hmm. So um, 
uh, it was a great season of life and ministry, and um, God's orchestrated the opportunity for me to do things I never envisioned. So go back to my what I was saying about my my initial upbringing. Um, so the focus of the Send initiative with the North American Mission Board was primarily uh, North American cities, and so He totally flipped hmm. my focus and and experience. Um, so I led trips to, I don't even know how many North American cities uh, with students from Southeastern and exposed them to the different contexts. So uh, another uh, time even of learning for me, but experience and in, in leading other students to be engaged in um, considering the mission of church planting and what that might look like in North America. The way I describe it to people sometimes is, you know, hey, life was good. Um, North, uh, I almost felt like North America got to be my playground, <laughs> um, and it was it was just um, you know a great season of being exposed to the diversity and the and the uh, of the peoples uh, of uh, the world in our in our in our midst mm. in North America, and so some. Some of the trips were you know, focused around different um, uh, different uh, peoples and different um, emphases, but um, all with the, um, we need to plant churches in these environments. So that's what I did. I taught um, uh, church planting classes uh, on the southeastern campus in that role and then transitioned um, 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 in it would have been like 2018-ish uh, to uh, being on the Multiplication Pipeline team, uh, which basically was a new team that formed. At that time, the North American Mission Board had a um, something they piloted called the Church Planting Pipeline. We changed the name of the Church Planting Pipeline to the Multiplication Pipeline, shifted the focus of the training materials um, off of an initial focus on church planting. And so basically I rebuilt uh, phases one and two of the multiplication pipeline and uh, along with our team um, with level one being focused on making disciples, Mm -hmm. level two being focused on developing missional leaders and that being a tool or resource for local churches to be able to use to engage in that activity. Uh, Level three uh, was primarily for potential church planters and so, um, um, but can be used for church planning teams as well. That material still exists. It's still available. Um, it's still uh, being used by by churches. So um, I, I want to stop you for just a second, Mike, because I, I, I this is the part that like I, I want to be sure our listeners get because when we say you know together like it's it's amazing to all of us collectively the way that you know, God has brought us together and shaped, you know, this interaction between all of us and and given us this opportunity to work together. I, I, I want to be really clear, and I want to make sure the folks at home, you know, hear this, because what you said in there is that, you know, God from college, you know, took you to seminary. Uh, when you got out of seminary, instead of going into you know, a traditional church, which has such a, an opportunity to shape the way that we think about what church is, you know, your upbringing on the farm shapes the way that you, you know, see the world, but also your upbringing in that church that you were a part of as a kid shapes the way that you think about 
what the the mission and ministry of the church is. And then coming out of seminary, you looking for opportunities, went into, you know, working some church plants. And that, I, I, I got to believe, has shaped the way that you have looked at um, church for the entirety of your life and career. Then you spent, um, I don't think you said nine years, uh, helping other people to try to see that, right? Seminary students who probably went to seminary thinking that they were going to go and do what their, a lot of them, go and do what their vision of church was from their own upbringing. They have a picture of what a pastor or a youth minister or, you know, that let's face it, everybody that's in seminary thinks they're going to graduate and be the senior pastor next week, uh, you know, probably of a mega church. <laughs> and so you had this opportunity to, to shape... Um, to, to shape how they see that. And then, you know, leaving that opportunity and still, you know, with the North American Mission Board, you spent, I don't know what that year, five years, almost four years, five years, directly focused on how do we develop people into being better disciples, growing them into leaders, and then ultimately launching them into uh, church plants. And then, you know, fast forward to today and, and what we're saying, what we've tasked you with is help us see how to develop people into better, more capable leaders so that we can launch them out with church plants, so that we can launch them out as leaders of church plants, so that we can fold them back into uh, ministries of other local churches and then they can lead well. And what I see is that for a lot of years, you know, God has been God has been preparing you to to be particularly well equipped and to be bent towards towards seeing these things and wanting to help with them, and he, and then He's been knitting together this relationship to give us, you know, an opportunity to do this together, and and it really is just it's it's kind of fascinating. Like when you really look at it like that, like it 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 takes your breath away. It it really is hard to comprehend. Um, that 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 God is doing all of this and has been so that um, so that we could be in this moment right now where we're where we're able to work together and and for a thousand things that'll happen after this that we don't that we don't even know yet and so I I hated to interrupt but I wanted to I wanted to put that fine of a point on it because I, I wanted to give people an opportunity to see it the way that the way that I see it and I, and I think maybe the way that you see it too oh yeah I definitely. Uh, see uh, God's hand at work um, in um, in all of that, no doubt. And um, I mean, even um, so, after the um, early retirement, um, you know, thing, and uh, <laughs> it's it's even interesting. If you want to put it even a finer point, so the the day after um, I I was early retired. Um, uh, I had planned uh, uh, to go with you and Pastor Aaron to um, uh, together on a day trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, we were we were going so, to uh, to Mercy Hill, right? Yeah, Greensboro. Yeah, yep. we're going to Mercy Hill to kind of experience some of what uh, what's going on there and what God's doing, and just have conversations about that. So, um, you know, even that, and then I think it was later that month. Um, I just planned a mini, uh, a mini uh, retreat, or I've called it to some like a personal uh, spiritual road trip uh, to get away, pray, uh, talk to God, um, and um, it was. I had spent 
Uh, I think some time Saturday, Sunday, kind of working through some things, uh, thinking through some things, praying through some things like, God, what's next? Um, you called me early Monday morning uh, when I was on that uh, retreat to say, hey, you you want to go to the Philippines? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and that's a whole nother story. Um, yeah, if but, you need somebody to drop everything and on one week's notice <clears throat> travel entirely across the world and spend, you know, I don't know what it was, 11 or 12 days uh, together. Yep. Uh, Mike's your guy. So, <laughs> yep. and his number is, no, I'm just kidding. And the, f- the farthest I'd been up until uh, that point, I'd, I'd, uh, obviously I'd traveled a lot all over North America, Canada, U.S., um, all over. i uh, been to Rome once, uh, but um, so um, in that journey, and that gave us, honestly, um, time to, I think see each other in some mm-hmm. in some uh, different environments and and learn a little more about each other and uh, whatnot. So um, yeah, there's there's lots um, uh, we could um, talk about and all that and how God orchestrated um, things. Um, probably um, as I'm looking the other the other what I think is a good fit and and I've said. It, I think what God's doing here may be a great fit. Hmm. We'll see in the days ahead because we're doing something we haven't done before. Yeah. Um, so um, we'll see how it how it uh, flushes itself out. But um, I think even from my journey, thinking about the transferable and transformational nature of mission trips in my own life. Yeah. Um, and as I got to learn about Hebsiba's culture. And hearing the story of Hepzibah and how God has, tr- he's he's really there's maybe uh, two key components at least. Um, uh, there's probably a third, but we'll talk about these two. Um, um, the the missionary culture that's been developed over the last however many years you would have a better F- idea of fifteen or so years, fifteen years of um, mobilizing people to be on mission. Uh, that certainly has been transformative for the culture of Hepzibah. Um, and then the intentional disciple-making culture, um, that's what has allowed the church planting and the church revitalization to become a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so, and when we're talking about, you know, director of leadership development, um one of the things I thought a few minutes ago when you when you were talking was I'd want to make sure people understand that leadership development is always built on the foundation of disciple making. Yeah. It's an extension of disciple making. Um, l- leadership in our context that isn't built on that um, is not going to be effective, sufficient. Um, it just it just has to be. It's an extension of. So I don't want anybody to think that when we're talking about leadership development, we're talking about something separate from, or distinct from, uh, disciple making. Right. We're not. We're not trying to, you know, necessarily put out into the world better speakers or better communicators or people with better strategies. We are trying to put out into our churches, into future church plants, back into Hepspa, back into partnering churches, uh, people who love the Lord, who know how to follow Him, who know how to listen to Him, who are spiritually prepared uh, to lead in in what will, uh, you know, I, I almost always 
be difficult circumstances. Now, the degree of difficulty will will range, but there will certainly be difficulties in leadership. And I and I do think I want to I I just want to stop here for a second, and I, I really can't help it. It's it's like a compulsion um, because you're right. Like leadership development, you know, as we're talking about what you've been brought here to do, it, it sounds like you know, that we, we, we don't care as much about making disciples and we just care about seeing people step up as leaders, but that's, that's not, that's not the case. It it is. I think I love the way that you said it's an extension of discipleship, but I want to, I want to deal with a reality, which is the things that have gotten us to the place where we are and the things that have allowed us to help other churches who are struggling and the things that have caused other churches to be struggling. And when we look around, there are a lot of churches who are struggling and there are a lot of places that are desperately, whether it's they have an existing church that's not a great expression of the gospel, that's not a Bible-believing, teaching, evangelistic church, or whether there's no church and we need to be thinking about planning a church. But the, the thing that causes all of those things is, is a lack of leadership is a lack of somebody willing to lead uh, in a, a spirit-filled, uh, God-delivered, prayerful, strong way to to reach that community. And so, you know, I, I, some people probably would want us to apologize for the amount of time that we spend talking about developing leaders and continuing that discipleship process to help people grow and be ready to go out in whatever capacity, right? Because it, it may not be as a church planner. It may be just as a connect group leader. It might be as uh, a deacon. It might be as a, you know, a lay elder in a church. It might be to just go back into ministry in their church and lead their family well. But I don't know. I mean, you can tell me what you think, but to me, it, it matters that we prepare people to lead well as Christians in whatever environment God has placed them and to continue to develop whatever God is calling them to do. And when we have a lack of, when we have a lack of solid, well-developed, discipled leaders, the church suffers. It, It does. And we've seen it. We've, we've, we've seen firsthand in churches and, and we're seeing it now, you know, as we look around, uh, you know, other churches, even as part of our denomination, we're seeing churches suffer because of a lack of, a lack of leadership. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, I think the other part of that that we're that really you have to deal with, and the reality of that is, um, there is a way to address that issue, or there are ways to address that issue. There are no quick and easy ways yeah. to address those issues. Um, you know, you don't develop character overnight. Nope. You don't develop competency overnight. Um, so, um, th- those are those are things. Uh, there have to be intentional processes and systems in place to um, for people to plug into and be developed. And that obviously also requires people responding, you, you said, you know, to a call um, to be discipled, to be developed. Um, we have to submit ourselves to that um, and allow God uh, to um, basically um, make us all that we can be in Christ. 
That's, yeah. that's what we're talking about. And, and to see something, you know, God has a bigger picture of us than we probably have of ourselves often. And I'd say that's probably true of the typical, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, the, um, the average church member. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I think that that could be all of our stories at any point in time. I mean, that certainly could be mm-hmm. me that I, I, yeah. I, I could have, you know, I could see where I could still be, you know, working the secular job that I was doing and chasing those things and thinking that, you know, maybe all the Lord had for me was to lead a missions partnership here and there to, you know, the Philippines, which was uh, what I was leading for a while or lead a, lead a connect group. And, and yet like he had a way of pulling me out of that and challenging me to do something that I didn't feel capable of doing. And yet when, when he calls you, he does, he, he, he equips you and he prepares you. And, um, looking back, I can see how all of those experiences were, were preparatory for what he was calling me to do. But I think sometimes you're right. Like we get, we get stuck in this place and we could be tempted to stay where, you know, where it feels comfortable and yet God is ready and willing and is preparing us to, to use us for, for something more than that. And how do we help people see that? Like, I think that's the question of, you know, of, of your job <laughs> so to put a, to put it uh, succinctly is how do we help people? It's one of them. <laughs> how do we help, uh, how do we help people uh, see that? So, you know, you've had a little while now to kind of look and to evaluate where we're at. Obviously you've had a number of years to kind of take in what, what the culture of Hepzibah seems to be from the outside, but now you've had some opportunity to uh, to study it and to think about it. Uh, what are the things that are on your mind as you're beginning to to lay the groundwork for um, for some of this uh, future leadership development? Sure, I think uh, obviously uh, first overall impressions. Obviously, um, there's a generally speaking good healthy culture. Uh, as I said, uh, what I see with the disciple making. Um, even among the, uh, the staff, the leaders, um, you know, healthy culture, obviously, you know, healthy, when I say, um, healthy, you know, um, uh, doesn't necessarily mean perfect. It just means it's good. Yeah. It's healthy. Um, and you can build upon it. And so, um, I think that's, that's where we're at. I think as far as leadership development, it's just honing in on some key, um, key competencies, um, that as people are preparing and developing as, as they've been through, you know, the intentional, some intentional disciple-making process, starting to um, experience uh, different, different aspects of leadership to hone in on some key areas. Uh, for example, I mean, the, uh, the one we talked about, uh, um, the level of development that we're talking about, I, I call it leading mission. Uh, but it's really to prepare uh, those people who might be sensing a, a sense of calling to lead in some way uh, to go with a team or uh, could could be someone who God is stirring to lead a plant um, or uh, leading a revitalization or whatever. But, um, you know, some of the companies we're talking about are like um, emotional, spiritual health and um, just really honing in on that, making sure uh, people are emotionally, spiritually healthy, both individually and in their families. Um, spiritual warfare and suffering. Uh, one of the convictions we talked about early on and kind of building some of this out um, and as, as we flesh it out um, is the fact that ministry is intense. Mm. And so... Uh, Wait, 
Ministry is intense. Ministry is oh. intense. <laughs> that's not a that's not a shock to anybody that uh, uh, that works in any aspect of real ministry. ministry is intense. Uh, it certainly doesn't mean there, there's no joy in it. No, that's true. But um, it's intense because it stretches us. Hmm. It it stretches who we are, and um, it makes us more dependent and relying upon upon God. And so, um, and just the the working with and among people. I mean, it's, you know, we know, we should, we know ourselves, we know how difficult, um, you know, God has it sometimes with us. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, when we're in the mix and it's all ministry is always about people. And so, um, you know, those kinds of things are kind of what, uh, I guess is, um, thinking of framing out what will hone, um, build upon the disciple making, like we talked about, and then hone some skills, some competencies, some uh, a sense of calling um, as for people as they develop, and so they'll be better prepared to go lead wherever God takes them. Yeah, one of the things that, and maybe this is where we'll kind of wrap up today, but I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about this because one of the other things that I think that that I love about um, the the sort of um, Rough outline, right? Like the the plan yep. that that we have on on paper so far uh, is not just those uh, those competencies that you that you spoke to, but sort of the nature in which we're going to go about uh, leading people through them. Where you know it, it's it's not just going to be here's some material for you to learn. Um, I think that's that's the thing about um, and and maybe a good way to phrase this right is. Like we're trying to take the the experience that you would get over years and years and years of ministry and consolidate that into something that we can do intentionally and develop people in certain areas. And a lot of these things you just learn along along the way. And so it can't be just sit in a classroom and uh, and learn something. So maybe this is where we'll wrap up. Will you give folks an idea of like what? What what does one of these courses entail? Is it read a book? Is it you know do like how is this going to be? How is this going to be broken out to allow real development where we see change and we see growth and not just knowledge? Sure. So uh, the the phrases we've talked about building uh, building this level of equipping on is um, know him or know God, uh, obey his word and advance his mission. Hmm. And so really, uh, maybe a, another way to say that is um, there's, there's always, yes, there's going to be something to learn. Um, intellectual knowledge is valuable. Yep. Um, experiential knowledge is better. Um, or in, together, um, having those things together. So uh, really there's going to be a, a practical or demonstrate aspect uh, to all of these cohorts, and they're going to be built not just uh, with a classroom, um, um, you know, classroom times. Um, there's also going to be um, coaching uh, that's going to go along with that. Uh, so anybody who's going through it is going to have a going to have a coach, mm-hmm. and they'll be meeting with their coaches um, to talk through some other things that learning and experiencing and. Uh, focusing and developing on, and there's and there's also going to be that practical element of um, it could be um, um, you know gospel sharing, it could be 
Um, maybe somebody who's in the process needs to go start a, um, a group from, from scratch mm. with people outside of the church. Um, so, um, you know, there's all kinds of ways we need to press into um, his mission, but it's always going to have those elements. Um, it's not going to just be head, um, head or, or knowledge-based uh, learning. So, you know, like what I hear, what I hear you saying is, you know, we're, you know, in, in, in any one of these, um, in any one of these courses, and we've, you know, we've, we're working on right now, a plan for um, different options that folks could sign up for to, to learn about another aspect of leadership development or to grow in their ministry experience. But in, in any one of them, you're going to learn something, and then you're going to take what you learn, and you're going to do something with it. And then after you do something with it, there's going to be a person there to, to talk through that with you, to coach you on how you did with it. And then you start the, then you start the process over again. You build on that thing that you've learned and you learn something new and then you do something new with it. And then somebody coaches you in the process. It really is. It really is what happens as we naturally develop leaders in ministry. Uh, it's just intentional and with a focus on a specific area and and sped up right across um, a semester instead of across a, a lifetime of ministry. And so I, I, I love it, Dr. Mike. I'm I'm grateful for um, God bringing uh, you to us and just laying on your heart such a such a passion for the area and the place where we find ourselves. And um, and you know a lot of these things and and you said it earlier, um, but I, I think sometimes people miss is like a lot of these things we haven't done before and there aren't a lot of other people uh, who have done them before. There are some people who have done them before, but a lot of this we're learning as we're going. And I'm, I'm just incredibly grateful for, you know, the lifetime that God has spent um, perfectly uh, equipping you to, to help walk through this with us. And uh, I hope that's what people took away from this podcast. I hope that they see that God is sovereign and mm-hmm. that he is uh, indeed weaving together stories in a way that we really could not imagine until he reveals them to us. And one day, one day in, uh, on the other side of eternity, we're going to get to sit and look in amazement and just see things that we never could even see in this life and to see how he has used all of us individually to accomplish his mighty purposes and to bring him glory. So uh, tune in next week to our podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe. This has been HBC's M5, where we talk about the music ministry mission uh, and message of Hepsibah Baptist Church. And don't forget that last M, go and make disciples. And we'll see you next week.